Hi, everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them... Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. NYC 2021 pre-show interview. I am your King David Given Borgo, and I am delighted to have you join us today. I am happy to welcome a voice actor who will be present at this year's convention and has appeared in such blockbuster anime series as My Hero Academia and Attack on Titan, as well as Street Fighter and the Borderlands franchises. Please welcome Mr. Jason Leibrecht. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. How are you? I am doing good. So, uh, I know you've been in the voice acting scene for a very long time, and I'm curious to know how you felt the voice acting scene has evolved since you first began. I mean, man, it's gotten it's gotten crazy. Nobody could have uh, ever foreseen uh, the, the level of... I guess, um, saturation and influence and popularity, it's, it's, uh, it's blown all of our expectations. I kind of fell into it. I was an actor, you know, from the time I was a child. And mm. honestly, 20 years ago next year, ran into a dude at a party in Austin, Texas at a bar. We shut the bar down together. He happened to work for Monster Island Studios, which was a division of ADD Films, which at oh, the wow. time was Funimation's biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, chatted all night at the end he said hey working on the show get backers i've seen you on stage i've seen you in some independent films i know you can act why don't you come in monday see if you can do this too and i came in monday and like i said that was 20 years ago next year but uh, over the course of the pandemic it's gotten it's interesting i guess i didn't i didn't foresee the uh the influence in terms of western and worldwide pop culture that this particular, what I felt was a fairly niche, you know, part of the whole scene, uh, it's definitely gotten a lot bigger, <laughs> crazily. You know, there's NFL players with Dragon Ball characters on their cleats uh, doing, you know, anime-inspired moves to celebrate. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah. Blows my mind. It is very interesting because, like, these days, it's it's not uncommon to be seeing sports 
and Japanese anime, uh, uh, you know, meshing back and forth. I mean, I know there are sports anime. I'm sure you've you've had you've done your fair share of sports anime, but it's quite quite normal now to see uh, people in football, basketball, baseball, even pro wrestling giving such oh, big yeah. homages to Japanese anime. You're absolutely right, man. Uh, and like I said, I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm of a decent age, and you know, for me, the, the fascination started with, you know, the original Akira film and uh, Robotech and, uh, you know, that, that era. So, and then it was, you know, we were, we were, you know, these, this little group of kind of nerdy weirdos, you know, my group was kind of punk rock, but, but we dug that stuff. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I, not in a million years did I foresee what's, what's happened. A- absolutely. Right. If you want to put it into theater terms, I mean, like, like regular acting can be seen as something like, I don't know, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, whereas doing anime voice acting, that's kind of like uh, Hedwig in the Angry Inch, if you want to talk about it. It's just like the super cool realm of acting to be getting into. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And, and, and honestly, at the time, like I said, I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't have a clue. You know, it seemed like something that was a nice way to kind of fill out my, uh, my you know, it's, it's difficult to get acting work. And it seemed like a nice way to kind of, you know, Add the uh, the the earnings a tiny tiny bit because it didn't pay well, you know. But but it was doing it was in the realm of what I wanted to do, what I imagined that I would do. So you know, and it's 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 taken over to an extent. I mean, I still do on camera. I still do stage in a limited capacity. I'm a single dad now, so that's much more difficult. But but yeah, not in a million years did I foresee where it's gotten to. It's uh, it's it's insane. And the pandemic is only. So I'm sure you've seen it's it's only increased it, you know, in a in a at a crazy rate. Right. Um, people people just like seeking content that they're into. And you know, there's a whole vein of there's gold up in them their hills. <laughs> Absolutely. And now these days like people like yourself can even like record their lines in their own home or studio homes. I remember talking yeah. to Jay Saxton last year, like right when this whole pandemic thing was happening. She had built this whole like just little in studio in her closet and is able to just do everything right then and there. Oh no, man! I had to make the same pivot. I mean, it's like get broadcast quality out of your house or stop working. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I so that. you know, like most of us have, most of us who work regularly, we have. Yeah, I, I do that myself too with the podcast that I record. Got my mic here. Got to make sure there's good acoustics and. Just got to push record and make sure everything sounds good at the end. <laughs> there you go, brother. There you go. I appreciate you getting me on the phone, by the way. That made it, that made it much easier for me to participate. <laughs> Not a problem. Anytime. It, 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 whatever works for you works for me and vice versa. Well, it doesn't matter the vice versa aspect. What works for you works for me. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. All right. So I got to ask, heroes, villains, or your regular Joes, who do you have fun portraying the most? You know... It, it, it's vacillated throughout my career in this particular realm. Uh, I, I don't know how familiar you are with my resume in terms of uh, anime dubbing and cartoon and video game work. Yeah. But initially, for years, I was I was typecast as the young hero. I can I can pitch up fairly realistically um, in my range, and you know, sound like late teens, early twenties, fairly easily, fairly realistically, and mm-hmm. as a result. Um, that was a, I guess that was a smaller little type subset 
in terms of the number of actors who could do that stuff when I got started. So for years, I did that. And at some point, I think it was Dean Grayman that, that had me kind of turn the page where they wanted me to play Lobby, who's one of the main heroes. And I was very interested in the Millennium Earl. I saw his sides. Mm. And ultimately, I made, we had an arrangement that uh, I could play the Earl if I could sound completely different as long as I continued to play Lobby. And I was like, okay. But once that went down, um, it it became apparent that villains are, in my opinion, it's it's a much deeper vein, a deeper pool of backstory to pull from. They tend to be more complicated. uh, And that's for an actor, especially one that started on stage and on screen, is uh, is, is fascinating and... uh, um, I don't know. It's 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 more gratifying to an extent to uh, to get somebody to sympathize with a character that is on the face of it evil in the way that some of my characters are uh, to get people to understand that it's it's not just black and white. It's it's more complicated. That's that's very gratifying as a performer. Mm. And I think one character that goes really well into that uh, description that you were just talking about is that of the of Zeke Yeager in Attack on Titan. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I found myself defending him more online than any other character. Uh, in, in, in part because I understood his motivations, I think, before the casual viewer of the dub of the anime did. Uh, once you understand his backstory, I feel like, if you're a thinking individual at all, you can't just fault him and say he's the bad guy. I mean, Attack on Titan is complicated, man. Mm. And I don't care what character you're looking at. In my opinion, I mean, it's... That is not a black and white show. I mean, it's all about perspective. And uh, I'm also an avid student of of history. And I find that, you know, the Japanese are very good about pulling influences from all over the place, not just Western culture and things that we've done in terms of movies and television, but but also history itself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Attack on Titan is one that really does pull from it. And, you know, World War II comes to mind. Absolutely. And, you know, who is Zeke Yeager? If you, if you take that particular metaphor, uh, well, you know, can you really fault him? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> where do you feel like that moment in Attack on Titan happens where the line between heroes and villains just disappears? You know, man, I mean, I feel like it, it really depends on your perspective. Like, it could happen fairly early on, but I was not an avid viewer before I got involved in the series. Uh, and I admit, when I first appeared, I first appeared as the Beast. Mm. And I think my first scene, uh, I straight up squashed some other Titan's head. I spoke. That was pretty weird. It's like, whoa, I talk. And Mike's like, yeah, you talk. <laughs> wow, this guy's different. He's like, yes, he is. He's very different. Mm-hmm. And then I ate uh, the character that Jason Douglas played. I mean, immediately. Yeah. Uh, who happens to play my brother in Dragon Ball Super, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I'm like, I just say this at the end, and Mike's like, yep, that's the end. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> um, but, you know, so at that moment, yeah, sure, he still seemed like, I mean, you couldn't tell what the motivations were. Uh, but he didn't necessarily seem like a good guy right then. Like, once I got to know who was, you know, behind that Titan and, and, and who he was related to, and uh, and then in this past season, when we get into you know the flashbacks, where you actually see him as a youth, and you know all the way through the the whole through line there in terms of his development. Uh, for me, that's when it flipped, where it was like, oh, this guy's not a villain at all. 
this guy is looking out for his people and has been subjugated his entire life. Mm. He's a slave, or has been, and he's fighting against that, not just for himself, but for all of his race. And that is, I don't know, and then when, when I knew that, and people were like, oh, he's such a bad guy, I hate Zeke, I'm like, hey, 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 come on now. <laughs> Take, take a look at the bigger picture, please. I mean, that's how you know you have a, an amazing series where you look at it and you realize that by the time you get to the end of it, you don't know who to root for. You don't know who the bad guys are, who are the good guys. It's just a story about humans trying to surviving and both sides trying to figure out the right way to do that. Indeed. And perspective limits you, man. I mean, even in real life. I mean, what your perspective is, is your reality. And if that's your reality, uh, and, and everybody's trying to do the right thing, and there are exceptions to this, in that series, obviously there are characters that are definitively duplicitous and, and have, uh, I guess, uh, neg more negative aspirations or more, uh, you know what I'm saying. Yes. But but in terms of, of, of the, the Jaeger brothers, I think that's that's hard to, to say. I mean, you can see... You can see how they got pushed to where they were, but they were pushed that way. And it's complicated. It's exceptionally complicated. Uh, I don't know. I find it fascinating. It, it, it's, it's one of the more complicated uh, animes that, that I've ever been a part of. Uh, speaking of characters that are and villains that are getting a lot more complicated as you learn about it, the character of Dobby from My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah, man. He's another one. He's another one. Yeah. Uh, now, as you know, his, whoever he is has not officially been uh, brought to the fore in terms of the anime itself. Right. But, but uh, as, as fans of mine who read the manga have been have not been able to help themselves, basically. I've, I've been spoiled from a fairly early point, as soon as the manga said anything. Yes. And, and, and they'd be like, do you know this? <laughs> I'm like, well, I do now. <laughs> um and I try not to because I find that 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 gives a more honest performance from me. Uh, I, I find that if I don't know anything and I have an honest reaction on that first take, often that's the take we use, you know? Uh, if I just let it kind of happen to me in that moment, that's how I prefer it. And that's probably from my background in theater and on film. Um, that's that's how I like to perform. But I'm not, I'm not frustrated with knowing what I know about Dobby. I just, uh, I am... I'm quite anxious. I'm ready for for the world to officially know. Yeah. And to see how that goes down, man. To see that animated. Because I've seen some of that stuff in the manga, man. And I am very, very excited to see how they do it. Same how here. They, Same here. Like, yeah. I, I read the manga, and I think what, what you are going to be in store for is... Yeah. Um, well, you're going to get a lot of really good work behind the mic, man. <laughs> no, no. It is quite remarkable. I'm a very, very lucky dude to have two characters like this kind of concurrently going through this crazy, uh, you know, illumination of the backstory arc. Like, that is... I've never been in this moment in my career. Right. Um, now, what's great about My Hero Academia is that it's a series that is um, ripe for potential spinoffs for just about every character, hero or villain. So my question for you is... No, no, no absolutely, absolutely. If Dobby was ever given his own series, what kind of stories would you personally like to see him embark in? I mean, honestly, for me, it's... it's, 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 it's the most intriguing thing is, is him wrestling with this sense of self, like, with him even knowing, you know, or feeling comfortable with what name to use. 
uh, I guess I, I know that sounds I don't know weird, but but for me it's that the investigation, like the, the, the plumbing the depths and, and kind of figuring out who the hell he is, because I think that's a lot of the motivation for him, you know. Um, and I'm very curious to see with with the stimuli that he's in store for what that does. Um, I mean, I'd love to see a villain spinoff. Don't get me wrong. Man. That would be... And I think there's quite a few fans that would think that was cool, too. Yeah. Um, personally, for me, as a viewer, I'm, you know, this is maybe not the most popular opinion, but I'm not as interested in the classroom hijinks. I know it's entertaining on a certain level, but it's not... Like, I tend to watch darker things. I tend to be darker in general, you know? Right. The type of music I like, the type of uh, movies I consume. I, that's That's... That's, I find that that stuff is more complicated. It's deeper. It's got it's got more layers. Absolutely. And for me, that's that's more interesting. Uh, and I feel that way with the villains and my hero. You know, when you get to that scene, like you switch scene in this dark warehouse, it's like, oh yeah, something's gonna happen. There's some conflict coming. You know what I mean? Yes. That's the thing. For me, for me, I know there's plenty of people that dig that stuff too, and I do not fault them. But but you know, in my personal realm. What I'm into is I want to see the conflict. I want to see the complicated stuff go down. Yes. Uh, as someone who reads a lot of shonen manga and everything like that for, for my job and for my own pleasure, I'll just say that if that's what you're into, uh, wait till you get a uh, glimpse of what Chainsaw Man has to offer when that anime airs next year. Oh, dude, I cannot wait. I am... I am, and I'm also very ready to be able to talk about this in a way that's just out in the open. Yeah. You know, um, the powers that be are, are very strict about what we can say, mm -hmm. and, and understandably so. Right. But, but you can understand that I'm ready to be like, yes, I know who he is. Yes, I know this. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I still can't say that. They're like, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> very true. So... Uh, Anime NYC is happening this weekend, and I would love for you to tell my listeners, like, what are your plans for it, and is there anything you hope to accomplish at this year's convention? Well, it's interesting. Uh, New York City uh, uh, has, a, has a very special place in my heart. I lived in Hell's Kitchen for almost 10 years, and uh, I was there uh, through 9-11. I watched the second tower drop with my own eyes, yeah. and, uh, you know, lived there for the aftermath of that. And... As a result, there's a part of me that always felt like I needed to be a good soldier for that city. So a big part of this for me is just a bit of a homecoming. I mean, you know, when I became a New Yorker, I became a New Yorker. And it's like, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. Once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of it's about that. Um, I'm going to see old friends. I'm going to take some of my newer friends to places that I like, places that I dig. Uh, I'm going to wander around and absorb that place. And it's been, I would say, over a decade since I've been to a convention in New York City. Um, I think it was New York Comic Con, mm. also with Javits. And that was for the premiere of Darker Than Black. Wow. So many years ago. But, yeah, man, I love the vibe there. I love the people there. Uh, the way I characterize that place, people are abrasive, but they're honest and they're friendly. And... That's something I can I can get into. Like I can I, I understand that language. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now you have been fortunate enough to experience quite a few conventions this year. Uh, oh yeah, mostly yeah, in person. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I'm wondering how do you feel that the atmosphere has changed since you know 
the pandemic and such. Well, I mean, man, mainly what I've seen is people just incredibly hungry for this sort of interaction. The, 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 the thing about these conventions is they are truly a no-judgment zone. And people can truly, I guess, investigate these interests and share these interests with like-minded individuals on a scale that they can't ever do. You know, I know you can do it online, but it's not the same. Uh, so what I've seen is people just incredibly, incredibly grateful in a way that I've never seen to be, you know, for your presence, for you to be there, to be there together, to be there with their friends, to be doing this again, this thing that, you know, that they look forward to for so long. Uh, that's, yeah, I think we're in a rare moment. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to be a part of it. Absolutely. This is going to be my first anime convention since uh, Anime NYC 2019, and I am just oh, truly, wow, wow. truly grateful to be having the opportunity to be going to something that I've always found so much joy in. Yeah, and, and I mean, to, to, to be in this zone where there's hundreds of other people that are, that are interested in what you're interested in, and, and you know, you start up a conversation with somebody you've never met, and you can say something, whereas in other circumstances, the person might look at you quizzically like, what are you talking about, man? Well, you're not going to get that this coming weekend. You're going to bring something up, and you're going to have ten people like, yeah, that, oh, man. You know, I mean, that's that's camaraderie. I mean, you can't fake that. That's that's just badass. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, I know you can't talk too much about it, but I'm curious, after Anime NYC, what is next for you? Uh, well, in terms of conventions or in terms of work? Um, let's do a mixture of both, of course. Well, uh, in terms of conventions this year, I've got um, Anime Pasadena. It's my last one for the year, officially. That's in December. And then I go to a smaller one up in Tulsa over the New Year's weekend with my girlfriend, Elizabeth Maxwell. That's the voice midnight. And she's patiently waiting for me on that little knoll over there. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so we spend our New Year's weekend at a convention, which, uh, which will be fun. It's much more fun when she's with me. Um, and then after that, I, I have, you know, a bunch lined up for next year, um, which, again, I'm very grateful to be considered. I mean, they don't, you know, you don't always get invited to these things. And your relevance waxes and wanes in this industry. And I tend to be, like I said, I'm in a... In a, a rare, I'm in a rare moment at, at this current time, and, uh, and, and you know, I, I'm grateful, and, and I plan to, to take advantage and enjoy as much as I can, because I am not Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy said, he's like, oh, once you get the relevance, you know, I'm like, no, 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 not for all of us, brother. <laughs> I've been at it almost as long as you, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in terms of professionally, there's honestly not a ton I can talk about, although I am continuing to work on that new Tales of Luminaria game, and there is to be some sort of anime associated with it at some point, uh, which is all common knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, but that's been very gratifying. It's a cool, cool character, Edward, uh, and I continue to report on that actively. Uh, as you know, Attack on Titan is going to start up again pretty soon in the new year. Yeah. Super stoked and super curious about what's going to go down because I do not read the manga. Uh, that's one people have not spoiled for me. I know that a lot's going to go down, but I don't know yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and as you know, after that, the next season of My Hero, I feel like I, I'm not 100% certain, but I feel like I'm going to get to learn a little bit more about my dad. Yeah. And that is, again, incredibly gratifying. And it's been a long time coming. They've been, they've been pushing that out and pushing that out and milking it, milking it, milking it. And I get it. I get it. Makes financial sense. He's a popular character and, you know, take your time. But I'm an antsy dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to a character that I'm playing, you know? Like, yes. the more you learn, I feel like, as an actor, the more you can truthfully portray, uh, honestly portray, you know? The, the more of those layers that get peeled back, the more I know about this dude, the better I can do at, at doing him justice. Absolutely, and I think that's the most important aspect of portraying a character. The more you know, the more you can put into that performance. Yeah, indeed, indeed, my friend. Uh, so yeah, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully more cool roles come around, but for now I've got a couple of really, really cool ones that are seemingly going to have some significant moments of development, and, and I feel incredibly lucky. That sounds fantastic. Now I have one more question before you can go back to Maxwell. Um, and this is the, a question that I love asking any of the voice actors that I have in my program. And it's a little thing called Three Character Island. And in this, I ask the question of, if you found yourself stuck on a deserted island, which three characters that you have portrayed in the past would you like to have with you to keep you sane into your imminent rescue, and why? Ooh, wow, man, that is tough. And it's tricky, too, <laughs> because some of the dudes that I like portraying, I don't know that I'd want to be stuck on an island with them. <laughs> um, interesting, but you do need that levity. You do need, you do need, you need, you need honesty, you need levity, you, you know, you need balance there, so... Hmm. Well, my favorite character I've ever played was the dual role of Hay and the Black Reaper, a.k.a. BK-201 in Dark and Black. That's the closest I'll ever come to playing Batman. Mm. And I know he is not without his issues, but I'm going to have him on the island just because I owe him. <laughs> um, that said, I need, some, I need some sweetness in there too, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I need some, some strength. So I think, given that, it's a bit of a toss-up for me between Shaoran from Tsubasa and Cardcaptor. Yeah. Or Finian from Black Butler. Both very sweet. I guess Shaoran had his dark moments too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Finian. He's got the super strength. That might be helpful. Building bolters and... But, like, I know that's an odd do already, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Black Reaper and Finian. I wonder if they get well, Finian will get along with anybody. Oh, yeah, Finian's a good uh, Let's see. And we got to have Dobby there because we've got to have fire, man. True, true. Good for the heat. All right, Jason, thank you so much for joining me here on this special Anime Boston 2021 pre-show interview. Um, best of luck with the rest of the week. I look forward to seeing what you have in store for the convention. Yeah, man, I'm going to meet you in person, right? Yes, hopefully. Awesome, awesome. Well, please come and say hi. I will. Uh, I look forward to it. And I'm just thinking about my island. I'm like, Trini is going to be like, what the hell am I here with these dudes? <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right, man. 
It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you. Not a problem, Take Casey. care of yourself. You too. Safe travels. You as well. And I'll see you. I'll see you in the big city. You too. You too. Take care.